Again, in our songs and hymns and spiritual songs, we teach and admonish one another in the fear of God, respect of God. We're saying about God, our God, He is alive. The key factor that we must remember within our lives is that we serve a risen Savior. God is alive, and He works within the lives of those that are His people to bring about His glory and His honor. We talked about saying about let the lower lights be burned. There's our responsibility there is that we've been given the gospel, been given the good news of life eternal, the hope that we have for a life beyond this life. But we must be letting that lower light burn for those that are in the world may see it and have that opportunity to respond to that good news of Jesus Christ. We remember that Jesus gave his life for us that we might have that hope of eternal life. And again, that's the task that we are about to do. So are we sowing the seed of the kingdom, brother? Are we doing his will in the life that we live to bring honor and glory to his name, to be the, the servants that God would have us to be, and to remind ourselves again that our decision is oftentimes only a step away, making that decision to do what God would have us to do. From the parable of the sower and elsewhere in the scriptures, we learn things that will help to remove discouragement and prevent apathy in our lives that we listen to what God has to say. We listen to the scriptures that will instill enthusiasm in serving as laborers in the vineyard of the Lord. We learn some things along in this parable that Jesus gave, one of the things that are very prominent that we need to be reminded of that we know, but it's the fact that the power is in the seed. The power is in the Word of God. Sometimes we get to feeling or thinking that the power is in us or in the method of our presentation or the number of tasks that we may be engaged in and doing it. But what converts the soul is the Word of God. What convicts the heart is the Word of God. And indeed, this is what we're to be about in doing. Uh, the Word of God has always been capable of influencing people and accomplishing the purposes that it was intended We read back in the book of Isaiah, and in chapter 55, verses 10 and 11. For as the rain comes down, and the snow from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth, and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please. And it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. The word of God will accomplish its purpose. The thing that God intends it to do. It is intended to bring salvation. 
but it's also intended to convict a man or mankind of a life that they live and a need to change. And those who refuse to hear, the word has accomplished its purpose even there. They made a choice not to accept what God has provided. But the word of God will accomplish its purpose. It will not return to God void. The power, again, is in the word of God. The writer of the book of Hebrews in Hebrews 4 and verse 12 reminds us that the word of God is living and it's active and it's sharper than any two-edged sword and it pierces to the heart, to the division of soul and spirit. It's living and active and it can judge the thoughts and the intents of the heart. That's why many choose either knowingly or unknowingly not to Study the Word of God. Because if one will simply study His Word, it is alive, it is active, and it can judge the thoughts and the intents of the heart. I can see that you're here this morning, but I cannot judge the intents of your heart. I cannot say why you are here. But the Word of God can, and the Word of God does. It will judge your thoughts and your intents of what you do and why you do it. That's where the power of God lies in helping to convert the soul. Paul reminds us in Romans 1 and verse 16 that he's not ashamed of the gospel of Christ because it, the gospel of Christ, the Word of God, for it is the power of God unto salvation. To everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. The power is in the word of God. It is what convicts and converts the soul. That's why the task is given to us. Are you sowing the seed of the kingdom, brother? Are you sowing it all the time that we have that opportunity that is provided to us because or by the word of God? The people are going to be truly converted. It will be because of the power of the Word of God, not by the technology or the smooth speech of the one who may be presenting it. We can use what God has given to us, these things that are available to us, but again, the conversion is to be based upon what the Word of God says. The result of sowing the seed of the kingdom, brother is dependent not on the sower, but it depends upon the type of soil upon which the seed is sown. The seed that was scattered on the pathway, or on the rocky soil, or on the thorny soil, or on the good soil, the seed is the same. It's the Word of God. It's not different seeds being sown in different soils. It's one seed being sown in different soils. And the result is different. Depending on the soil in which that seed is scattered. One result on the pathway. It bore no fruit at all. 
The birds of the air came and ate, and ate it, and it's described as Satan taking away the seed before it can reach the heart. Satan knows the power of the seed, or he knows the power of the Word of God. So if he can keep the heart from allowing that seed to take place and root, he's accomplished his purpose. Or it can be in soil that does produce a, a fruit, either but because of the ways of society, can be choked out, or the cares of the world, or because of persecution, can choke out the seed. It's interesting because the power is in God, and yet God in his power will not overwhelm or take place or remove the individual's heart. Which means you have power in what you do with the Word of God. You can receive it with joy, let it change and mold the life, be a vessel of honor for God, or we can choose even with the power of God's Word to reject it, to listen to the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches or a persecution that comes our way to allow that to take the place of the word of God. And again, there are indeed consequences with each of those. We have the responsibility as a sower to scatter the seed. Those upon the seed, upon whom the seed has been scattered, have a responsibility of how they respond to it. We're reminded in Ezekiel 3, 17 through 19, that is, as a watchman on the tower, or as those that watch over this flock, if danger comes and you do not warn them of the danger, they'll lose their life, but it'll be on your hands. But if you do warn them, if you do share the gospel, and they choose not to receive it, they will lose their life, but your life Will not, the blood will not be on your hand. Ours is to share that gospel with those that we come in, 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 come acquainted with. It's not saying how. It's not saying the method. It's simply saying we share good news that is found in Jesus Christ and that salvation is only found in Jesus Christ and salvation can only be gained by our doing the will of God, as God has specified within his word. We need to learn the joy of sharing the word of God. We focus at times on the joy of seeing a soul, <coughs> excuse me, of seeing the soul respond to the gospel and obeying it, becoming a child of God. And that's good. That's not always the case with everyone that we share the gospel with. But there is to be a joy in simply sharing that gospel. See, it's good news. And there ought to be a joy in sharing good news. How it's perceived is going to be up to the individual. We have those choices of what we receive. We have those choices of how we receive what comes our way. 
We have the choices of what we choose to let our minds meditate upon and dwell upon. And ours to have is to find not focusing on what we want to see the result to be, but focusing on the fact that we're sharing God's word with those with whom we come in contact with. We're to serve the Lord in a way that pleases him. Our goal is to share. We want to be the one who also sees the goal as the responsibility of the conversion that will come as a result of sharing the good news. The goal is to share the good news, to scatter the seed, and then for others to be able to water upon that seed that you scatter. And for you to be able to bear the fruit that somebody else has watered or scattered the seed upon. We're not alone in what we do. There's a picture that is much broader than we can sometimes perceive of or conceive of. Again, we are the beneficiary of many who have gone before us, many of us who have been converted to Christ, those who had sown the seed earlier, never saw the end result. Those who planted seeds in your mind before you became a child of God, wherever it may have been, Many of those would have never have never seen the end result of what they did. They planted a seed. I mentioned at times when I first went into the service was in basic training, when they finally allowed us the opportunity to leave base to go to services. I was not a Christian, but I remember making the, or hearing the statement as. They would decide, or they were announcing where different locations were, the Baptist Church, the Methodist Church, and go down through a list. And they made a reference to the fact that there was a Church of Christ with the instrument and the Church of Christ without the instrument. Didn't know any difference in that. But I do remember a statement from an individual behind me. His statement was, if it is the Church of Christ, it does not have the instrument. He never knew what he planted. He never knew that his statement was heard. He never knew an end result of that would come as a result of at least planting that seed there. They would bear fruit years down the road. Can we see a larger picture? Can we see that we're about the master's business? And he gave us the business of going forth to scatter the seed. He gave us the business of going forth and watering upon the seed that had been planted. Paul says one plants and another waters, but it's God who gives the increase. So he, he who plants is nothing and he who waters is nothing. It's God who gives the increase. It's God who's working on the hearts. Yes, the individual has to accept and receive what's being heard, but it's God who works on the heart in a way that he chooses to do and not necessarily in the time frame that we would like it to be done in. We need to know the place of the sower. Again, how do we view ourselves as teachers? Again, one plants another waters, but God gives the increase. There is no place for boasting in the number of people that we have converted. And yet, that does take place. 
I just received a magazine, and in it it has some information from a former classmate of mine about his time in serving God. But his statement is, The books that I have written have assisted many thousands of people, older and younger, in gaining a larger and a broader perspective on their own Christian heritage and on the great tradition of the faith. He said, many hundreds have written over the years saying how satisfying, freeing, and faith-building this has been for them. That is a rewarding part. I'm enriched by what I have done as opposed to am I serving God? It's not how people, how many respond. It's the service that I render to God. It's interesting that that God can even use defective seed sowers. As you look over in Philippians 1, 15 through 18, some preach the gospel for gain. Some preach it for one reason or another. Because I'm just grateful that the gospel is what? It's preached. God can use the power of his word regardless of the motive behind the one who does the preaching of it or the teaching of it or the sharing of it. Maybe done for wrong motives. But God can still use that worker to accomplish his purpose and allowing the seed to be planted in a heart that in time may be receptive to the gospel and may respond to it. Sometimes we need to be reminded again it's not how effective we perceive ourselves in being and serving God. We look over in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And again, as you read, excuse me, as you read it, remind yourself who's talking. Remind yourself of what he has received. Remind yourself of what he has done. And yet look at how he is describing himself in this passage. First Corinthians 2, 1 and following. But I determined this within myself, that I would not come to you again. Well, I'm in Second Corinthians. It won't read that way. We'll go back to first. And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. In my speech, in my words of human wisdom, were not with... Let me go start again in verse 4. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Paul says, I didn't come to you with excellence of speech. Here is an apostle of Jesus Christ. Here is one who has seen the risen Lord. Here is one who has been given miraculous gifts and great ability. But he wants you to know the power is in the word of God. 
not in the man or the person who brings it to you, who shares it with you as you live your life. There's a principle in sowing as well in the reaping, found in 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6. He who sows sparingly shall reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully shall reap bountifully. Again, we may want to perceive that as our seeing that fruit bountifully come about. But that may not necessarily be the case. It will bountifully, if you sow bountifully, you will reap bountifully. But you're sowing for God, so the reaping is sealed, the glory goes to God. And again, the power of, of that individual. How many times down through life has it been one individual, something that was said, something that was done, that turned the life around and changed the course of human history because of an individual? There's the account in early history in our country at least, of one holding a gospel meeting and when the meeting was over, had made the comment, talking to somebody else who asked, how did the meeting go? He said, oh, it didn't go too well. I only converted one little girl. But that one little girl married a preacher and had five sons who were preachers. Hmm. Didn't do much, did it? We never know how God uses what we do. We may see it as insignificant. We haven't done much through the life. But that's not where the power lies. The power lies with God. The power lies with his word and doing the will that God has given to us. The sower bore or reaped a harvest because he did what? He sowed bountifully. It mattered not where it was on the pathway on the rocky soil, the thorny soil, or the good soil. He scattered the seed bountifully and reaped as a result of that. Yes, we know that any soil and every soil does not remain the same. You can take the pathway and you can break it up and you can tend to it and you can make it good soil. You can remove the rocks from the soil and make it good soil. Some parts of our country, they have a lot of rock walls. And those who have worked in the fields understand why they have rock walls, removing the rocks from the field, stacking them up, making a wall around the property. You can remove the thorns. You have to read the application as well to find out what's being removed. And good soil, if it's not tended to, cultivated, can become a pathway soil. So any soil is subject to change. That's a reminder to us. Any heart, any soul is subject to change. The hard-hearted individual can become a soft-hearted individual and a great servant of God. Sad to say that even the most faithful servant of God can become hard-hearted and not careful and lose their reward of the life that they live. And quite often, one sows and another reaps. One of the beauties of creation of, of God and his word and of his power. One sows 
and another reaps. John, or Jesus reminds us in John 4, 35 through 38, you, you reap what you have not sown, and you sow what you will not reap. Do we understand that? We like to, again, we like to, again, walk by sight and not by faith, contrary to 2 Corinthians 5, 7. We need to walk by faith and not by sight. doesn't matter how it comes out. We're serving God. That's all that matters. Is it not? Is that not what is important for us to be a servant of the living God, serving Him with a full heart and a loving heart, not counting what we see as results? Because again, they're not always the way we think they ought to be. And again, we never know the end results what we see. I mentioned from time to time I'm a child of God as a result of a P.S. and a letter. Shows your importance, doesn't it? (laughs) A P.S. A brother writing to his brother closed out his letter and at the end of it says, P.S. Wouldn't it be nice if we had a campaign for military people here in Wiesbaden, Germany? And I'm a result of that. A P.S. You never know. Forty years later, I mentioned it one time, 40 years later, I came across an individual who taught the individual who preached the meeting that I was converted in. Forty years later, you never know. They did their job. He did his job. One who did the P.S. wrote his, did his job. In case you're wondering, he became my father-in-law. I also gained a wife out of it. But I'm simply saying, it's not what we see. We plant, we water. It's God who gives the increase. It does not say, he who plants now and he who waters on it soon thereafter shall reap the harvest within a short time. I don't know if that's how we read it or want to read it sometimes, but that's not how it reads. One plants, maybe years down the road before another one waters upon what was planted years ago. And maybe years down the road before that brings forth and the harvest is there. The beauty of it, I don't have, do not have to figure all of that out. I distrust God. God, it's your work. It's your kingdom. You know what's going on. This let me be the servant, be it planting, be it watering, or being, being able to reap the harvest. It does not matter. Ours is to be the servant of God and to realize that's where the joy is. Oh, there's a joy in the winning of the souls. There's a joy in seeing a soul converted to Christ. But the joy, greater joy, is being the servant of God, doing his will, and loving, loving what we do as we serve God along the way. Are we doing what God would have us to do? Sowing the seed of the kingdom, brother. Are we doing that? Are we letting our lower light burn so that those that are lost in sin may see that light and may be able to find salvation?
Again, they may see the light that you shine, but it may be another to whom they respond to. But that does not matter. What matters is being a servant of God about the task that the Master has given us to do. Are we willing to do that in a life that we live? So many times, as with anything, it is said that the longest journey begins with the first step. Matters not how long it is. Matters not how we perceive it as being difficult or barren. Ours is to begin that first step and then to take each step thereafter. Walking in the steps of the Master. But it begins with that first step. As you look at your life this morning, indeed, is it where God would want it to be? As you look at your life this morning, is it as you know it could be or should be? He invites, we encourage you to come. If it be to become a child of God, to repent of sins that separate you from Christ, to confess Jesus as the Lord and Savior, be immersed for the remission of sins, to be raised to walk in a new life, to do that. Where as a child of God, but have lost that joy just a little bit, begin to let the world and the things of the world creep back in. Renew the life again, make the life right with God. Be about the task that the Master has given us, a servant of a risen Savior who is saved through the blood that he shed on that cross. If we're subject to that invitation, we bid you to come as together we stand and sing.